and welcome to the fourth episode in our first series of the So Ab Fab podcast. I'm Ali and I run Bobbin's Sewing School and my co-host is Caroline of the sewing business So Ab Fab. Hello Caroline. Hello everybody. So in our podcast we introduced you to guests that are integral to home sewing or have connections to the sewing industry. Many of our guests have small to medium-sized sewing related businesses and or provide necessary resources and products to help you as sewers. So Caroline, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How about you? I'm fine. What have you been doing this week? Oh, I have been busy releasing our timetable. So everything that goes behind the scenes to do that. So all the writing for the website, That's uh, photographs, been working with the photographer this week. Um, and do print all the finishing touches to the kit samples. So there's been a lot on this week. What about you? What have you been oh, up to? Yeah, well, I've been I've been busy too. So I have been making um, a wedding dress. Now you know I don't make wedding dresses regularly, but <laughs> I usually I know <laughs> I usually have one a year, and it's usually for somebody that's sort of. Um, you know it's, it's a special thing so yeah it's, it's generally just for people that I know um they have to have a good connection to for a reason for me to want to do it and this yeah. one is is lovely I actually made her aunt's wedding dress about 25 years ago so um Aww. that's lovely but actually I've got two wedding dresses this year I was gonna say it's not one a year it's Ali. not Let's one be wish year. it's not one this year no <laughs> because my niece had to postpone her wedding last year so so yes yeah, so I've got two wedding dresses on the go at the moment lovely. but they're they're coming together really well and uh and I've been um what have I been doing I've been doing some planting in the in the greenhouse or pricking out rather and um I've been like having to um, run the gauntlet each morning with my naughty cockerel who <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of year yeah I we... have a hen who now thinks she's a cockerel oh dear um, yeah uh, yeah well this one's scary because he comes at me when whenever I open him up in the morning he comes at me with all his claws he's a bit like he doesn't look like one of those Chinese cockerels he's, yeah. he's a, a pretty farmyard cockerel but he obviously thinks I'm going to steal his his wives. Ladies. And yes, his ladies. ladies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, she reared up at me, flapped her wings like a giant swan. Oh, I my like, God. I was like, what are you up to, young lady? I know. <laughs> I know. Quite, it's quite daunting. I always think it's not, you know, chickens are wonderful. Um, but I little children, if, if little children get that happen to them, it's really scary. They hate scary. it. And um, anyway, so, yeah, so I've been... Uh, I've been literally, as I say, going in, bracing myself, opening the flap, making sure I'm like six steps away before he charges out <laughs> with, a, with a cauliflower or a piece of something to hand so I can sort of like distract him. Doesn't work. He actually thinks my he thinks either either I or my Wellington boots are going to steal his wives away. Ah, oh, <laughs> only a few more months, Sally. All the hormones will calm back down again. They will do. They will do. So yeah. So that's been my week. <laughs> so well, it's about time we introduced our guest. We are really happy to be interviewing Fiona Pullen of the Sewing Directory today. Fiona founded The Sewing Directory in 2010, an online resource site for all sewists, and has gone on to write two books, Craft a Creative Business and Making and Marketing a Successful Art and Craft Business. 
Along with other freelance writing, Fiona also works closely with individuals in the craft industry, giving training in search engine optimization, marketing and social media. Welcome, Fiona. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi. Nervous. My first ever podcast, but looking oh. forward to it. <laughs> Bless you. You'll be fine. It, we, we're, we're nervous all the time. <laughs> so, Fiona, although we are very aware of the sewing directory, and Annie and I have used your services for many years for our own businesses, some of our listeners may not be aware of what the sewing directory is, and perhaps you can explain it in a bit more detail for us. It's an online directory of sewing shops who sell online and people who teach classes online as well, sewing and crafts. Originally, it was actually a geographic directory for high street sewing shops and sewing schools, and you could search by location. But in the last year with lockdown and COVID restrictions, we've ended up having to adapt the site to focus on those who are trading online now, because that's where the demand is. So now it's searchable by product and all the businesses are online. So wherever you are in the country, they're accessible to you. Oh, fabulous. Lovely. That's brilliant. So what inspired you to set up the sewing directory? I was actually on maternity leave at the time and my mum ran a chain of dressmaking shops in Cornwall. And she asked me to build a website for her because I built a few websites in the past. So I built this website and then was thinking, how can I market it? How can I get traffic to it? How can people find it? And there just wasn't really anything other than magazine advertising, which is obviously very expensive and not ideal for a small business and the kind of budget that you have for marketing. (laughs) And so I looked around and couldn't find anything suitable and thought, why isn't there a directory for sewing businesses? How do people find them if those businesses don't necessarily have the budget to be advertising in the press? And so I did a bit of research. I thought, well, no one else has done it. And there's a lot of us out there that love sewing and want to find shops and classes so I decided to set up my own, basically. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my goodness. So did you have a firm plan of what you wanted to achieve or did the business just develop organically as more people found you? It actually changed quite a lot because my original plan, because of the nature of how I came about it, was a directory of dressmakers. And so I started researching and building this directory of dressmakers And then when I launched it, people started asking about sewing classes and fabric shops. So I added those as categories. And then before I knew it, they were way more popular than the dressmakers. And I was getting more demand and more traffic to that part of the site. And so I I switched and I kind of dropped the dressmaking side and focused on aiming the site at crafters and focusing on the supplies and the tuition. And also I hadn't planned any content originally when I launched the site. But it almost, well, now it's kind of evolved into an online magazine with hundreds of free projects and tutorials and technique guides yeah. and sewing features. And as I learned more about how websites work and how to rank well in Google, I realised that you need good quality content. Yes. I built up that side of the site as well. The sewing directory just grew so quickly that after five years, I ended up having to bring in a business partner because I couldn't keep working 12 hour days all the time. (laughs) And having freelanced for magazines, I'd met um, Julie Briggs, who was the editor of Sewing World magazine. Yeah. And we used to meet up quite frequently and kind of brainstorm ideas for things that I could write for the magazine. And uh, a few years into our relationship, I mentioned to her that I needed some help with the website. And she ended up becoming my new business partner. And we've been running it together for the last five years because obviously she has the content experience and editorial Mm -hmm. and I've got the business background. And so it makes a good partnership. Wonderful. Oh, that's brilliant. And well, she's she's joined a great team. (laughs) And then we've obviously just made a recent change, as I said, because of COVID and lockdown. 
the physical shops and so the schools weren't open so we've done a complete kind of rebuild of the directory and refocused it onto online businesses yeah. searchable by product instead which required a whole new directory being made from scratch so you, you have to keep adapting as a small business if you want to keep succeeding you have to adapt to the demand and the market definitely yeah, yeah. oh brilliant loads of luck with their new websites um, we all know that this year has changed people's focus and crafting has become paramount for many let's hope it continues and i'm sure there's always an opportunity for new businesses so as small business owners ourselves in this niche trade, we have found ourselves floundering at times with various aspects of running our businesses. Did anyone or anything give you the idea to put pen to paper and write your books for people like us? It actually started out quite small. A few of my customers were kind of asking for tips on how to build social media up or get more traffic. I think people saw my site growing very quickly. I mean, when I started, I was on maternity leave with a baby. I was planning to work two hours a day when he was napping and almost instantly went into 10 hour days because wow. it just grew massively. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of, it grew way faster than I ever expected. And I guess other people saw the business growing quickly and wanted advice on how they could replicate the same thing. So I was emailing people and giving them all these tips and it was taking quite a lot of time. Yeah. So I started to just create it as content and put it on the website and I used to have a category of craft business guides and then some of the trade magazines spotted them and asked me to write for them so I started writing guides for magazines and then I got approached by three different publishers at the same time who all said can you do a whole book about it oh, wow. so yeah that that led to the first book which was craft a creative business and it's a complete kind of beginner's guide on everything from the kind of setting up to marketing your business yeah. online, offline, the legal things you need to know. And then about three years after the publishers asked me if I do an updated version, which was making a marketing, a successful art and crafts business. Yeah, that, that's wow. brilliant. Yeah. So it I, all I, kind of, it wasn't part of the plan at all, wasn't yeah. uh, in the master plan. <laughs> I'd always wanted to write a book since I was a child. I remember at the age of 10 going into the school library and there was a book there with my name on it as the author's name and it was my maiden name and it was the author's surname. Oh, and wow. I remember thinking, I wish that was actually me that had written it. <laughs> and so I always wanted to be a writer, but I thought I'd write fiction. It surprised me that I ended up writing nonfiction. Yeah. <laughs> so how did it feel when you had your first book published? At the time, I was so exhausted that I didn't really celebrate because it's a really draining process. It takes about a year. Yeah. So it took a few months to kind of get over that. And then once I'd recovered, I was actually then just kind of over the moon because that was a childhood dream come true. In fact, the biggest moment of excitement was probably when it got listed on Amazon, just actually seeing your book and your name on Amazon. It just never failed to get exciting. I spent the whole like first year checking my Amazon rankings all the time. <laughs> And you just wow. watch it hop up and down. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. What an achievement. So do you have any more plans for any more craft books? At the moment, I don't because I'm very busy. But then I never thought I'd do a second one. So it may be that in the future, I may come back and do a third edition. Or perhaps I've been doing quite a lot on search engine optimization at the moment. And that's something that I've been contemplating whether to run an e-course or write some kind of guide to that. Because at the moment, I train and coach people on it and I review their websites, but there's quite a demand there, particularly with everyone moving online, yeah. to understand how to get their websites to rank well. Yeah. So that's an idea I'm toying with for the future, but I, I need a few more hours of the day to manage that. <laughs> Definitely. 
<laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, we're all busy ladies and I know I'm a working under pressure girl. I always have been. I wish I wasn't. And I know that you write for magazines, so both, both for industry and consumer magazines. So are you good at writing those articles with time to spare or is it copy deadline looming and you've just got to get it done? <laughs> I have to be, I'm very organised and I oh. hate being under pressure. So I'll often write an article within a few days of being commissioned and send well it early. Because wow. I just, wow. I want it out the way. I don't want the stress of having it looming over me. Good for you. As you know, when running your own business, you never quite know how things are going to go. And some weeks are absolutely manic and you don't have a moment spare. Yeah. And so I'd hate to get to like a week before it's due and have one of those weeks where you're just working 12 hour days and you don't even get time to like breathe or eat, let alone <laughs> throw in extra work on top. That's where I've gone wrong. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I try and be as organized as possible. I am one of those people that everyone mocks because I do my tax return on the 6th of April and things like that. I just want to get things done so I don't have to worry. I like <laughs> as, as little stress as possible is my goal. So that's how you'd recommend us all to run our businesses, really, to be <laughs> to optimize our time efficiently. <laughs> it's definitely much less stressful if you can do things before they're due rather than at the last minute. <laughs> Are you taking this on board, Ali? No! <laughs> so is there one article that you are most proud of? Probably I wrote a quite in-depth guide to craft insurance. And that actually mm. throws in some of my background because I studied law at university and then I worked right. in the legal department of, for an insurance company for about seven or eight years before I set up the sewing directory. And so it was quite interesting being able to bring that background and experience into this completely different industry because I never imagined back then that I would be doing this now, but being able to merge the two into one was, was quite fun. And that was published both in the UK and America and in my book too. So yeah. that, that kind of, you know, went all over that one. <laughs> I was quite yeah. proud of that. Yeah, I think you were. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Fiona, you know, this, this past year has thrown up an enormous upheaval for many businesses on the high street and, and also people working from home. And um, we know you offer that training. You mentioned that you offer that training to uh, craft businesses that promotes their presence online. Um, can you tell us a little bit more in detail about that? Yeah, the way I, I mean, the sewing directory actually gets over a million visitors a year. I've been learning SEO kind of through trial and error ever since I started the website. And I've now got to the point where I understand how the search engines work, how to get over a million visitors a year. And I, I wanted to share that because it took so long to learn it myself. Yeah. And so people approach over the, the last kind of seven or eight years, people have kind of approached me and said, can you teach us? And I have, but I was just doing it as a kind of one-off every now and then kind of through word of mouth. But this last year with a lot of people having to switch to online sales, even if they weren't ready or didn't necessarily want to embrace that, there's suddenly been quite a big demand and I've been doing almost one per week basically and I, I review their website to identify areas where they could improve their search engine presence and I write up a full kind of 10-11 page review and report for them and then we do two hours of zoom call where I take them through that showing them examples on their website showing them exactly what to do and then I teach them how to use google analytics and google search console so they can monitor their own seo going forward because my <laughs> goal is I want to enable people to do it themselves yeah. Whereas you get some people who will charge you a fortune to do it for you every month. Yes. But most possible businesses don't have that kind of budget. No. So it's easier if you can just pay someone a one-off fee and be taught how to do it, and then you can take it on yourself. Yeah. I'm one of those entrepreneurs that wants to know how to do everything myself. I hate outsourcing things. 
I know you, you're making me feel really bad because I'm I'm good at doing all my website stuff so I so I'm quite good at you know keeping it up to date and doing things like that but <laughs> the SEO and the Google Analytics can I tell you a secret I haven't looked at those for many years <laughs> I think a lot of people are in the same position and particularly with Google Analytics and Google Search Console people look at it and don't even know where to begin and yeah. so they just give up yeah. whereas actually if you have someone walk you through it and this is why I use Zoom because I screen share yeah. and go through step by step the bits you need to look at and the bits that you don't really need to look at because yeah. it does go very complicated so yeah. having someone show you exactly what you need it makes it so much easier and in fact yeah. the feedback I've had from people is you've actually just made it simple and uh, even, yeah. I've dealt with a lot of people who have barely used the internet at all because they had high street shops and they weren't interested in being online mm. and they're not necessarily the best with technology but they've said just having someone walk them through a kind of beginner level step by step has just made it make sense Oh, that's brilliant. That's and I had one lady um, last week or just a couple of weeks ago. And for several years, her website actually wasn't appearing at all in Google. And her web designers had not picked up on it in oh seven goodness. years of they're working on her website. And I did one afternoon and identified this for her. Wow, gosh. So she, she owes you yeah. big time. She sent me a huge bouquet of flowers. You might have seen it on Instagram. Absolutely massive. It was so lovely. Oh, that's it, nice. It is very hard, isn't it? Because I think we're expected to wear all hats. And actually, we're not, we're, we're not trained in any of this. Running a small business, we might be experts in what we do, as in like teaching or um, putting together kits or or selling fabric but yeah. we're not experts in technology social media accounting mm. um tax returns <laughs> yeah you know um and as you say I, you have got this drive that you you want to know how to do it all and all of us are trying to do it all it's just trying to yeah. you rely on other people to help you like the web designer mm. I, I you know it it, it, it is tricky and baffling I think for some for, for yeah. most of us yeah I, I really don't like it if I don't know how to do something I mean our yeah. new website is a WordPress which I haven't used before oh. and I've now just been on a very immense crash course for the last few months trying to learn everything about WordPress and I have a web designer a brilliant web designer Joe at Rental Media but he holds my hand through it and is teaching me how to do it myself so that okay. I don't have to keep coming back to him effectively he's putting himself out of a job but he's yeah. more than happy to kind of yeah. he knows I need to learn and that I want to know how to do it all and so yeah. he will take the time to teach me how to do it myself rather than just having to ring him up and go please fix this and please do that and please do that yes yeah, yeah no, no I I, yeah, right, I guess right thing. yeah yeah I mean another area that you know um that there's you know that I see a lot about is is on social media and that's that social media should be about the person so it should be about your personal person if that makes sense and people like to know about the person behind the business and not the brand itself and you know that I struggle with so what's your take on that it does give us an advantage over the big corporations mm. to be able to show that there is a person behind this business there's an individual that is identifiable who came up with this idea who's doing all the hard work behind the scenes and it helps kind of build a, a loyalty towards the person and the brand at the same mm. time because people kind of feel like well uh, you know I like that person and therefore I want to buy from them but there's also quite a fine line because some businesses it becomes so personal 
that it's almost like you're looking at their personal Facebook page and they're ranting and raving about their husband and their kids and mm. and then you're crossing kind of the boundaries into the unprofessional area yeah. I think in an ideal world you want to keep at least half if not 70 percent of the focus on what you do but yeah. then to just let a bit of yourself in there too to kind of help build those kind of personal relationships yeah yeah and a lot of small businesses we do bond with our customers and we get to know our customers and we do create that loyalty anyway and social media is an extension of that yes true yeah true yeah it's something that you know I you do see a lot of it on you know flashing up in front of you at the moment saying you need to be the presence and and yeah it's something that I think if you're you know for me I, I feel that I'm quite an outgoing person but actually that's in my business but in my private life I want to keep that little you know I don't don't want everybody to know everything (laughs) yeah yeah and I find I've kind of I use different platforms differently in like my Facebook I keep it purely business yes Twitter there's a little bit of personal but it's mainly business whereas my Instagram I feel like it's that kind of community where people want to know a bit more about the behind the scenes and I'll share what I'm making and I do talk about my kind of walk-in habits and Mm. I'll talk about I've lost a lot of weight I've lost over seven and a half stone and I've shared a bit of that journey every now and then as well just just little bits here and there but it just allows people to kind of see you as a person and quite often you find those get a better response than the business ones sometimes it 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 is very hard and I think uh, social media is constantly evolving and I'm, I'm I'm very guilty I don't do stories I don't do reels and that's purely because I just don't know how to do it do you think stories and reels and stuff you can get across your own personality and that does help with your business or I find particularly stories because they're only there for 24 hours like if you want to keep your feed focused on your business Mm. then stories is the perfect place to do the more personal things okay even if you just share little pictures of what you're sewing or where you're going or short little video clips that kind of thing it's only there for 24 hours so people will see it briefly they can connect and get to know you as a person but it's not there forevermore like the stuff that's on your feed so that's why I tend to dabble with the the more personal stuff in the stories than I do on my feed. Oh, I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to start being more proactive in that respect. (laughs) There we are, Ali, top tip of the day. (laughs) Particularly people that aren't comfortable on video like myself. I hate doing video and that kind of thing. So if I know it's only there briefly, then I don't mind. Whereas if I think it's going to be out there in the universe forevermore, then I'm not very comfortable with that. (laughs) You're obviously a very busy woman, um, but do you have time to do things for yourself? what's your favorite thing to do for relaxation I do try and work hard on the work-life balance because work definitely takes over but um my main thing when at the the moment I'm recovering from tummy tuck surgery at the end of last year which means physically I can't do a lot of exercise but when I'm healthy and well I normally walk four to six miles every day and I live in a valley so I walk up big hills and it's beautiful views and that really kind of it kind of resets your brain it just lets you switch off and you're just enjoying the views and relaxing so it kind of de-stresses me a lot it does amazing things for your mental health I also love pilates which again I haven't been able to do for months but I can't wait to get back to once I've recovered and I read a lot like two to three books a week I'm always reading every time like I'm on a break I'm reading <laughs> that's nice <laughs> it's nice yeah so do you get much time for sewing because obviously I do know that you sew and and uh have you got anything on your sewing table at the moment 
sewing does get harder to fit in particularly as quite often it ends up being work sewing like I'm sewing projects for the website oh, yeah. and in fact what I'm sewing at the moment I'm actually reviewing the, the I've got a Janome MC9400 which is quite a big fancy sewing machine yes. and they've released a workbook and it's a kind of 160 pages of exercises and things to work through that teach you how to use all the different functions and the feet and that kind of thing and so at the moment I'm working through that I've just done um improv curves and free motion quilting oh, and I'm wow. just working through the decorative stitches section and then I think <laughs> buttonholes might be next because I've never really done those because I'm a quilter and bag maker not a dressmaker oh, oh wow okay. so buttonholes is something I've never really had to do whilst making quilts or bags oh. <laughs> but this book it really is step by step you know takes you through everything yeah. so I'm kind of it's almost like having a class you know Lovely. almost having someone there with you so, yeah. but it's so big, it's probably going to take me months to work through. <laughs> I'm just dipping in and out of the bits that interest me. Oh, well, we'll yeah, but at least you, yeah, we get to know, you will get to know your own machine. Yeah, because yeah. it's amazing, actually, even though, you know, I've got this big fancy machine with all these capabilities, you end up just using the same three or four things all the time, don't you? <laughs> I do, totally, totally. And I'm always encouraging people to step away and, and actually not step away, but branch away from the straight stitch and the zigzag and try some of the decorative stitches. <laughs> yeah, because I think I've barely, in fact, my son has used the decorative stitches more than me. When I first got the machine, he did a little sampler with all the decorative stitches. Yeah. And I think I've barely touched them. And I know. I know I know it's 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 sort of like a bit strange because it sort of goes against the grain because I'm not really a crafter I'm more of a dressmaker so of course straight stitching and overlock is, is is all I ever really want but I'm very aware when people have sewing machines I say well look come on you've got to try all these stitches out and think about where you can use them and, <laughs> and actually they're there and they're really nice some of them <laughs> I, I'm doing a big thing at the moment about trying to push myself out of my comfort zone, which doing this yeah. podcast is part of that. <laughs> and, and also like things like using the functions you don't normally use. It is going out of your comfort zone. And there's things that I used to just shy away from and go, oh, I don't know how to do that. And now I'm trying to just make myself say yes to things. I did TV last year. I've done radio. I've done all sorts of things that I thought I would never, ever do. Mm, but I decided uh, I was... Well, actually, I was very ill about three years ago and I kind of, you know, when you get to that point where you you get so ill, you're not sure if you're going to make it through that. Yeah, and yeah. then when you come out the other side, you kind of feel like you need to embrace all the opportunities and really yes. make the most of life. Yes. And so that's what I've been focusing on doing. Hence, the massive weight loss was part of that and taking up exercise and just trying things that I never would normally try. Yeah. And so that's kind of that's my motto now is just try it. You know, I've got to give everything a go. And if, yeah, I, if yeah. I'm scared of doing it, then that's even more reason to try it. If I've never Good. done it and I'm a bit unsure, then I'm just embracing it and going for it. <laughs> Those buttonholes are going to be a breeze, Fiona. Absolutely no trouble at all if you have if a you say. <laughs> So you mentioned that your son obviously has had a go with your machine. So you're obviously quite a crafty family. So was it your mum that set yeah, you all off on that journey? ran a dressmaking business my sister worked for her my mum's actually retired now but yeah. my sister worked for her and is still a dressmaker my stepdad used to work for her but he didn't sew but he would cut he would cut oh, and price yeah. jobs okay my brother did a bit of freelancing work for her he would do upholstery and things like that <laughs> Wow. And then my son learned to sew and he loved the sewing machine when he was younger, but he's now just turned 13 and he's at that age where he's conscious that boys his age don't sew. Mm. And he's kind of going, mm, I don't He'll want come to come back to it. And it's, it's, it's a shame really, because he was very good at it, but I'm hoping he'll come back to it once yeah. he gets past that kind of awkward teenage stage. 
and because yeah. you know it's like he's just so conscious of what everyone thinks of him at the minute and doesn't want to stand mm-hmm. out for what he sees as being the wrong reasons yeah <laughs> so you yeah. know they're very conscious of trying to fit in with everyone at this age aren't they they um, are they are I'll let, I'm... yeah i'll let you into a little secret once he hits the girlfriend stage he might want to make her something and that really is impressive <laughs> oh yeah yeah that gives him an edge over the other boys doesn't it, does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah so yeah he's still very keen on me making things for him in fact pretty much everything i make for anyone he tries to claim it and a lot of the stuff i've made for myself he's claimed for him and it just lives in his bedroom and it's not mine anymore oh <laughs> that's nice that's so he's my number one fan he loves yeah, everything say, i make what a, what a huge compliment that is a compliment. really yeah yeah although he's also quite discerning he will kind of go oh your stitches went wonky there well why is that a slightly different color than that well that doesn't look quite right oh i i have one of those as well (laughs) yeah the hardest critic but yet at the same time he loves it and wants it so i take that as a good sign (laughs) so we know you write and you've mentioned that you love to read is there a book that you'd recommend to us or um i actually I've, the one I've probably enjoyed the most over the last few months is How to Disappear by Gillian McAllister. Mm-hmm. That was quite an interesting thriller. And I've just been reading a series by Kate Rhodes. They're based on the Isles of Scilly and I'm Cornish. And they're crime books and they're called Locked Island Mysteries because basically it's someone on the island committed the crime. Yeah. And trying to figure out who did it. And in fact, she actually did a charity auction recently where you could win the chance of being a character in her book. And I won oh, wow. it. Well, I can't oh, wait. Her next book oh, next year, I will be there will be a Fiona Pullen in the book. Wow. <laughs> I'm wow. so excited. That's Kate Kate Rhodes. Kate Rhodes, yeah. So well, well, we're gonna have And to I love that. crime crime, psychological thrillers and crime are my favourite. But I also I read a lot of kind of chick lit and historical fiction yeah. as well. Mm. Anything apart from the really big literary things that require too much thought, because for me reading yes. is relaxation and it's switching yes. off. Yes. So you, I like to just get into it and really yeah. just, you know, enjoy the book and not be thinking too much. <laughs> yeah. Do you read or are you an audio? I tried audio and I couldn't get into yeah. it. I tried it whilst I was sewing. But then if I couldn't sew for a few days, I wanted to know what happened next to the book. And I couldn't because I was busy working on and I can't do it as a lot of people suggested when I'm walking. But I live somewhere very rural and I walk on very narrow little roads and lanes. So yeah. I need to listen out for traffic. So yeah. I definitely prefer actual books. And yeah. when it's not lockdown and COVID times, I trawl all the charity shops, love charity shop books, oh, just because yes. everything I read, I pass on because I yeah. read hundreds of books per year. Yeah. So I couldn't keep them all. There wouldn't be space. <laughs> we have uh, we have got a little um, library in our village. It's in the old telephone box. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it's the best place because everybody sort of puts their books in. And actually, it made me try different authors. So, you know, I go in and I just think, well, you know, I'd normally read this type of this genre of book or whatever, but it wouldn't be there. So I pick up something else and I have found the most fantastic books just and fantastic authors just by going into that little tiny uh, yeah. telephone box it's, it's a great way of, of of like sort of finding new things yeah you know? I actually run a Facebook book group because when I had my son and I set up the sewing directory I had no free time and I stopped reading for about two years yeah. and I was gutted because I really missed reading yeah. so I set up a Facebook group called the 52 a book challenge to try and read a book a week yeah and I set that up about 10 years ago and it's still running and I found so many wow. books 
through mm. that that other people have read and we post every book we read and whether we recommend it and say a little bit about it yeah. and I found so many authors that I never ever would have tried before that now I absolutely love yeah yeah and again it's getting out of your comfort zone isn't it and yeah. trying things you wouldn't normally try it is it is yeah definitely oh Fiona it's been absolutely amazing talking to you today and thank you so much I mean we've I've learned so much I've really I enjoyed chatting and- <laughs> I know what I need to do with my SEO now I know. <laughs> I'm feeling really bad I feel like I've got slapped wrists <laughs> you're all going to be super efficient now and organized and doing everything well before deadlines aren't you yeah <laughs> well we're going to be phoning you up Fiona <laughs> good help how do you do it <laughs> I know, I know. I need to get that SEO book written, I think, and just get that out there. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I'm just hoping that, you know, maybe we'll be able to catch up at some shows when they start again. Oh, that'd be good. I really miss seeing people. It's it's great doing things online, but it doesn't replace seeing real people in real life, does it? Absolutely. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, And our listeners, if you haven't yet discovered the sewing directory, please do it is the most amazing free resource for all things sewing and Fiona's done a wonderful job and we we love her because she's been there for all of the time I've had my business I found her when I was looking to promote my classes and uh there she was and we've been been there ever since so yeah thank you and, and thanks Fiona and take care and yeah brilliant and you now you can now say you've done a podcast and the world is your oyster. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing ticked off the list. Now I've got to find the next challenge. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> well, well, we'll keep following you on social media to see what that is. And yeah. thanks again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs> oh my, that was so insightful. Fiona's amazing. She really brought so many sewing and craft resources together on technology and spread her knowledge far and wide. I know I'm really in awe, not only that I think she has the ability to help many other businesses too with their own technology. That's right. I think being a small business stretches us so far and we do so much ourselves, but not always to our best ability and in the most beneficial way. Oh, no, absolutely. I agree. (laughs) I think I better go home and check out my SEO scores. (laughs) (laughs) I might be a long while. (laughs) <laughs> and and reorganize myself <laughs> so our next guest is julia of bobbin and buttons julia set up her business in 2013 and now produces her own range of sewing patterns she originally started out in the fashion industry as a pattern cutter in both children's and menswear so i'm really excited to be talking to her Oh, that's brilliant. So if you enjoyed our podcast and you would like to hear more, please do subscribe. You can find more details about us and the links to this show at www.soabfabpodcast.podbean.com. And there you will find links to our website and social media feeds. Please keep in touch. And in the meantime, happy sewing, everybody. Happy Happy sewing! Bye! Bye!